What's up? My name is Dwayne Jones. I'm an artist and a designer and the founder of a lifestyle brand called Art Pays Me. And this is the Art Pays Me podcast. I love talking to creative people about their business, their successes, their challenges, and how they make the world a better place with their work. Let's get into it. Welcome to Art Pays Me. Today we have Jonathan Smith. So uh, this is a, an interesting one. Uh, I I am completely new to Jonathan. Actually, Jonathan, is it John or Jonathan? Which would you prefer? Yeah, I mean, you can call me. My friends call me John, so you can call me John. Okay, cool, cool. So, John, um, yeah, I, I, you're someone who just sort of came onto my radar very recently, and you're working on something very interesting that uh, I'd like to to dig into some and talk about your work as an artist as well. And maybe it'll be easier for you to explain, but what is it that you do? Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm Jonathan Smith. I am a designer, artist, and co-founder of Choice, which is a social media app for artists. Um and basically, you know, we're we're trying to make, you know, we've pivoted a couple times since we've initially launched this thing uh, back at the, the beginning of the pandemic. But ultimately, we're trying to give a voice to artists and a lot of underrepresented artists to get their work out there and, you know, not only build a base and build a community of people that like and want to follow their work, but also connect them with other artists from maybe different disciplines that they could collaborate with and essentially try to turn the average user more into a curator. So, you know, if, if Instagram made everybody a photographer, our goal is to make everybody a curator and turn their friends and other people onto different amazing artwork. Cool. So you, it started in during the pandemic. I'm assuming it was in the works a long time before because it seems too well developed to have just sort of happened. <laughs> is, is that uh, the case? Yeah, so it um, I could give you, I'll give you I'll give you the the I'll I'll try to condense this version to how it all came about. So like I, I was saying, you know, so I went to art school back in Boston and, you know, I was a painter and I realized it was going to be tough to graduate, not having a professional network to leverage to try to make it as an artist. What's that look like? Do I get into the gallery system? You know, am I even good enough to make and pay rent as an artist? And about halfway through school, I'd started a lot of my friends. Uh, my buddy Lee played in a lot of different bands in the Boston area. And I just started drawing flyers and designing flyers. And from that, I started to learn design software and kind of transitioned, you know, midway through uh, my BFA. And, you know, I was still doing painting on the side, but I started to pick up a lot of illustration and design work. Ultimately, um, leading to a job in the Boston area at some publishing companies and then at some radio stations. Um, and while I was doing that, you know, that was my main gig to sort of pay my rent, pay my bills. I was still painting on the side. You know, that was still my passion. I was still having small shows here and there. Um, but fast forward a couple of years, I, I end up meeting my friend Dan, who's the co-founder of Choice back in Boston. He had started this company right out of school, right out of Harvard called Plastic. It was a financial tech company. And I was working with him for a couple months. And as part of this new round of funding that we got, they were moving the small group of us because it was very early on. It was maybe about eight of us that moved out here. But as part of the new round of funding, we had moved out to San Francisco. So 
you know, not knowing anyone in the San Francisco area, but just as an artist growing up and reading about it, it was like the creative mecca for me, right? Like mm-hmm. just the, the graffiti scene, the skateboarding scene, like funk art, all, all the counterculture and the music. So it was a place that I had always wanted to move to. So it was kind of a no brainer, but at the same time, I had to leave my family and relationships that I was back in, um, you know, back in Boston. But so moving here with the eight of us, uh, Dan and I, I just started bringing them to all these different galleries around San Francisco. There's just so many great ones that I've been reading about since I was a kid. And as part of that, Dan really didn't have, you know, he really wasn't super into art. He grew up in Ohio. They had a couple different museums, but he didn't really go and immerse himself in the arts in that way. And he was almost kind of like turned off by it. And the same way I was as a kid, right? Going to like the MFA of these big museums, I couldn't quite relate. They seem more like historical artifacts and some of the artists, you know, the artwork didn't seem attainable or really speak to me, but it was through our move out here to San Francisco where I just started taking them to Oshandran Gallery and Luggage Store Gallery and Fecal Face Gallery. And it was more like this younger crowd and it was like a party with you know music and you can kind of come and go as you please and it was a much more lax atmosphere and I'm, he's tagging along with me and as we're checking out all these different galleries i'm kind of giving him the backstory like here's why this piece is important here's why they're showing this 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 dude is actually part of this scene and he really started to get into it and you know i guess it, it made him much more approachable you know he always tells me like the analog to that would be growing up as a kid when your older brother or older sister turns you on to this great band and it, and it becomes seminal in your upbringing. And through that, you read all the liner notes and you see the different label that that band is on. And I was kind of like doing that, he said, um, in a way with art, with visual art and painting. So a couple of years passed by and I was still working at this company. And Dan just hits me up one day and was like, you know, I have this idea. What I want to do is I want to recreate that experience of us running around the city like maniacs and going to these different galleries. Like it was just <laughs> eye opening. And it's just like infused me with this whole new love of art. Like, how do we recapture that in a way that we can share that with our friends? Because we're currently like we, we sort of do that with movies and with music as it is. Right. Like especially yeah. at the beginning of the pandemic, I'm turning all my friends on to certain movies that they should check out. You you hop on IMDb and you read a bit more about it. What else did that director do? And we're creating these playlists on Spotify. Oh, you got to check this band out. And from there you hop around. But there really wasn't an easy way to do that with artwork to sort of catalog a group of different artists that have a little bit of bio and backstory on them and turn them on to other artists that are in a in a similar vein so you know dan initially approached me with that idea of how do we make more art more consumable for the the average person where it doesn't seem so highfalutin or just like unapproachable um so really at the beginning of the pandemic that's kind of where where things start and so yeah, I had left that previous job that I was at. And then Dan and I full time of just, it was just the two of us initially. It was just me designing everything and him coding everything. And we have our other friend, Jesse, who's kind of helping out with some of the social stuff. And now some of the artist spotlights and interviews that we're doing. But, um, you know, to your point about maybe it seems a little bit more polished for something that just started at the beginning of the, the pandemic. I think Dan and I were lucky in the sense that we had worked together previously for a number of years, um, you know, him as an engineer, myself as a designer. So we kind of had that shorthand. So we had mm. an upper, upper leg in that fashion that, you know, we just sort of knew how to gel and knew how to work together. But as far as making making what we're making, it was all new and just, you know, making mistakes along the way and trying to figure it out. But mainly just about getting out to shows and speaking with artists. And in doing that, 
um, so like I was saying, when we initially made it to, to get, you know, just the average person a bit more into art and make it a bit more attainable along the way, we started to see a lot of artists kind of start up, uh, I mean, sign up and, you know, add their own work and them like sort of reach out to us and like, Hey, this is great. Especially during the pandemic where it's like, we don't really have all the brick and mortars and galleries are closed to have shows. And we're trying to figure out a way to show our, get our work seen a bit more. And also, we just started learning about a lot of artists who are just, you know, kind of like fed up with Instagram. I think <laughs> Instagram is a great place, but I think it's sort of pivoted. Um, it started out just about, you know, with photography and filters. And, you know, I think it was built on the backs of a lot of creatives. But right now it's there's a big shopping experience. There's a big, you know, you're competing with a sea of influencers and brands and they're changing their algorithms to cater and sort of like the TikTokification of everything with reels and you've got a point on thing. And it almost took artists out of like their process and everyday flow of like, look, man, I want, I want to be in the studio and create stuff. And I'd like to share that in a way that's as easy as possible and drives conversation and builds these meaningful connections, but not in a way where it's going to take so much effort that I'm constantly having to, to cater to this algorithm in, in an effort to get my work seen. So that struck a chord with us. And that's been the main thing we've been marching around right now is just building out new tools. So it initially started as the stack where you would swipe left and right on a piece of content, you know, left if you didn't like it, right if you did like it. And from there, it would start to serve up similar artists or artists we think that you would like based on your sensibilities. And what, um, from there, we started to build out collections, which is the ability to sort of tag and group a bunch of content together and someone else could follow that. Um, and you could share that with the community. And then just the latest thing that we've built is called channels. And that's more of like a almost like an audio visual gallery. Um, it's kind of similar if you're familiar with like Clubhouse or Twitter spaces where you can kind of pop in for a conversation, and kind of go up on stage and raise your hand and speak with an artist. We have those capabilities, but also there's a visual component with it. So it's almost like you can hold a viewer's hand and walk them through and change the imagery while you're speaking about it. Well, yeah, I was actually going to say that. I, I, I was going to ask, I, I was like, I don't want to insult you, but I... Uh, jumped in on the Casey Gray talk yesterday, and it felt like Visual Clubhouse. So it was it was a very kind of cool experience. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thanks for joining us. Yeah, that was the, that was the first in the series that we just started called um, Spotlight. So we are super excited. Uh, Casey Gray is just an amazing San Francisco artist who we love for a while now. So to have him come on was fantastic. But yeah, and again, we speak about the pandemic and these different you know, these different tools that we use for productivity or maybe even just to entertain ourselves. And it's just seemed at least early on, I think maybe it's fizzled out a little bit. And I think Twitter spaces have, have kind of taken away from Clubhouse, but it was just this central place where you could kind of casually pop in and pop out and learn more about whatever topic it was that you were interested in and get a direct access to maybe some of the thought leaders in that or major players in that industry. So yeah. we, we loved about that. And especially with artists and now like with, it was almost at the same time as with, you know, NFTs gaining all this traction. And a lot of it was very much this educational resource. You, you could pop in and learn a bit more about it. But the one thing we noticed it was lacking was there was, there was no visual. So when it came to art, it's like, we'd have to sort of background the app, pop open a laptop, try to follow along, see what they were referencing. 
and again, a lot of artists were reaching out and we just thought, you know, there's going to be a better way to do this. So I think what you witnessed yesterday is our, you know, first attempt to try to cater to that, you know? Yeah. Cause uh, that was the interesting thing I found with clubhouse. It, it was almost like after a while, once you get experienced on there, you have this automatic, um, this offhand of it's just a given that someone's going to have an Instagram account link in their in their account or a Twitter account or something like that, where people can actually see their stuff. And right. it's it's just a given. Like so, um, to not have to to leave the app in order to see what what's going on was was uh, I, I was I like that about it. Um, so it wasn't necessarily intended for uh, just that communication side. It was actually more intended to just focus on the visuals. So that feature itself you're saying is, um, well, I, yeah. I mean, I, I think it is, it, it's just another tool to help. I mean, it's all about communication when it gets, when it gets to, to the bottom of it. Right. So, okay. yeah, there's only, so obviously we want to drive communication and build these connections between people, but I think it was just in an effort to make a better experience and be able to reference and follow along in an easy way. Like if you were in that, yeah, that talk yesterday, one, one big thing we're doing, trying to do is, you know, put other artists on too, right. It's not just about you sh shilling your wares and just trying to sell all, all your, all of your artwork, but it's about, you know, what are the pieces that were monumental to you? Grant? What influenced you? Like how, how did you derive to the style that you're currently painting in? And I think Casey was a great example of that yesterday, you know, and I've been a big fan of his for a while, but I had no idea some of the people that he was referencing. And, mm -hmm. you know, if we were listening to a podcast, you'd probably just only hear the name and, you know, hopefully you'd remember or write it down and go back to listen to it. But to yeah. see if you notice like how the cadence and how he stacked out each piece, like he started with some of his early student work and then he came across Ryan McGinnis as an artist who influenced him. And then they, he would show his next piece of work where you could totally see the influence that maybe I wouldn't have picked up earlier. So, yeah, just having that visual component is just another aid in trying to make and drive meaningful conversation, I think, is the way that we're looking at it. Mm -hmm. So um, I don't know if you you said this and I missed it, but I'm curious, is it would you say your primary audience is fellow artists or collectors or is it kind of like a place where they can all co-mingle? I mean, yeah, that the end goal would be amazing, you know, right, right now, I think it is primarily artists. Um, mm -hmm. As I mentioned before, we were, we were trying to open it up to just like the general public or maybe, you know, anyone that just had artistic sensibilities or liked art. And I think there is a good mix of people that don't necessarily create stuff but appreciate art, which yeah. again, is one of the big things that we're trying to do is like, you don't necessarily have to constantly churn out work and pump out work or even be an artist and create something in order to use experience and enjoy the app right i mean it's almost mm -hmm. just as powerful to go to a show that you really liked and upload a piece by that by an artist and it gets added to the database and almost it creates an artist page almost in the sense of like a wikipedia page so that the rest of the community can come across that piece of artwork and the stack dig into it read the, the, that almost like wiki page that artist page and learn about them so it's not necessarily about always constantly having to to pump out or be an artist and pump your own work out but it's about curation like one mm -hmm. of the biggest things so when you're the main feature that we launched with again the stack the swiping mechanism 
you have to swipe 20 times in order to even earn a choice, a choice being like this token that token that you can redeem to upload artwork or share artwork with, with um, the community. Uh. So, so what we found is a lot of people actually like that. Some of the artists that were joining initially, they were uploading work of a lot of their friends that they collaborate with that were in their crew too. So it was kind of about putting shine on not only them, but their friends. And again, the mechanisms that were baked on very baked in very early on were the fact that you kind of needed to go through other people's and peep other people's artwork before you could even add your own so it's very collaborative in that nature like our main goal is really like collaborative curation we just think that we believe by bringing people together from around the world and you know bringing bringing them together through the common language of art we can broaden perspective help people see their work bring a new passion to their work by people who probably normally wouldn't have ever even known about each other i think that just ultimately it makes for better artwork and richer connections cool yeah i definitely stumbled across a bunch of very cool artwork from people i never heard of before right. so yeah and I, I think that's a, another interesting piece of it um one thing i was wondering about is the old dreaded algorithm and the ad system. So how do you avoid the pitfalls of, you know, sometimes we're, you know, we get frustrated both as viewers of Instagram or, you know, I'm, we're picking on Instagram, but it could be any of these networks really. But yeah. sometimes there's a certain artist whose work I want to see every time I, I log on or a few artists and I don't see them for whatever reason. And vice versa. I want other people to see my stuff and they're not seeing it. Um, it yeah. and, and then there's the monetization side, like where maybe certain things are being hidden because they want other people to monetize, to buy ads or something like that. How do you kind of avoid that situation? Yeah. So right now, I'd been, so early on, what we were doing is we had the the stack which is tagged like if i upload a piece of artwork and, or you add your own artwork you can add tags to it but we also use machine learning to sort of tag it with different categories if you wanted to browse a certain type of art but basically we tried to we tried to look at the behavior of the user and what they liked and didn't like and then as i mentioned before present them with artwork that we think would be up their alley but what we found was it made a very siloed experience and we didn't want you know to run into that sort of algorithm problem again where people weren't being exposed to just or have like this serendipitous experience so we remove that and now it's just you're just you if you keep going you'll go through every piece in the stack we're not hiding or showing anything so it's almost Ooh. just democratizing artwork in that way so you you continue to swipe through it but what you can do is if you find an artist that you like you can follow them and then on your home feed when you launch the app anytime someone adds a new piece of artwork um, by that artist or if that art if that artist added a new piece it will show up right in your home feed. If they hop into a channel to do a live conversation and show off some of their work, you'll get notified in your home feed. So there are ways that we try to make it as transparent and visible as possible to see, you know, if there's work by one or two, however many artists that you want to follow, it's still very much accessible. But then there's also this almost like needle in a haystack experience with the stack where you're just swiping through and you're going to see everything eventually. Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah. Cool. Uh, and then you've, uh, I, um, I noticed you've got some, uh, NFT integration plans coming in the future. Yeah. It's something that we've talked about, you know, and I think it's a very, it's a very polarizing subject, right? There's a lot of, <laughs> I have a lot, 
a lot of friends and a lot of artists like really kind of uh you know hate on it and then there's a lot of people that think it's like the next huge thing you know we had discussed it and i think we're tossing around some pretty cool ideas right now a lot of people were just initially like oh you're going to be in the nft marketplace and we don't think the world necessarily needs another nft marketplace you've got open seas and a million other places who it's got kind of become the industry standard again to us it's like regardless if this is a fad or not to us the most authentic thing that we can do is just build community like again, making these connections and finding a place where artists can share resources or tell their story because it's hard to make a sustainable creative career out of being an artist. So our main thing is like, how do we drive people together in order to pick each other up, in order to learn from past experiences, in order to ask questions, in order to show work and progress that's not done, but get genuine feedback. And, you know, I think NFTs can play a part in that. And again, we're waiting to see what it does. I think it's still very early on um, I do get excited by the idea of sort of like Web 3 when we talk about Web 1, which was very read only and almost like Wikipedia driven. And then you have Web 2, where now it's all about user behavior and tracking, you know, eyeballs and users becoming the product. I do like the idea of where Web 3 could go, where we take more ownership over all of our data, not only just like the work that we create in this creative economy, but just our data in general. So Again, I think it's just still in its infancy in the same way that when apps first came out, they were very much kind of goofy novelty apps, right? So mm-hmm. yeah, who who knows what will happen with uh, Web3 and if NFTs are just sort of the tip of the iceberg and we're just trying to figure out the technology, but there's certainly some cool people doing things in that space. I mean, I think Tristan Eaton is like more of a traditional artist that's making that transition and doing some NFT stuff and um espo is another artist that is doing it so anytime there's a new revenue stream for artists to make more money and they're doing it in a way that you know they're passionate about and creating something new and interesting i'm always going to rally behind i'm Mm -hmm. i'm just same as everyone else i'm still trying to figure it all out and kind of see where the trend is going and if there's something that we can make that can facilitate you know artists being more successful or sharing their stories along the way then i think that's where we would try to plug ourselves in yeah that's kind of where i stand too i I see a lot of potential and it feels like it's not going anywhere. So uh, I think right me, I mean, we're, we're around the same similar age. So it's like, I remember the, the time when people were trying to write off the web period and right. saying, you know, print design is what it is. Those, these websites aren't going to last <laughs> and yeah. here we are. So, um, yeah, I, I'm trying to avoid being the, the grumpy old man in the room. Uh, when it comes to this stuff so uh, <laughs> um and and i i think just looking at your work um we both have that sort of uh overlap of art and design in our stuff so we can create digitally and it's it's interesting to be able to assign value to a, a piece of digital work in a way that you couldn't before so yeah that's super exciting yeah and um artist storefronts is something that you're also potentially uh, looking into? Yeah, and uh, we're looking into a couple different things. We're looking into, we've been talking with like print vendors and thinking about what's an easy way. So if an artist did want to, rather than them having to find out what the bulk deal is and buy a bunch of prints and then kind of sit on them and open up a web store and wait for these to roll through and occupy space, like what's the best way to get high quality artist prints where they can kind of hook it up to their account and it'd be sort of a one-stop shopping thing. So we're still, we're still trying to sort that out. We're also trying to think of even, 
you know, power features, like maybe there's, you can get a deeper look into the analytics of the people that are liking your artwork or where they're located. And maybe, you know, that helps you determine that a better demographic or something that we found is like small gallery owners, right? This is great for them because they're constantly having to find new up and coming talent and to be able to come on choice and casually browse and find someone. And then, you know, hey, we found that the the general demographic in the area that you're located in is really digging these subset of artists right here so are there are a couple of tools there where something could potentially be i don't know maybe for a couple bucks a month you'd get these premium features there's also that new feature that you were uh, you came to check out yesterday where it's like the the visual clubhouse in a sense that you can show your work have conversations drive all your users are there there's a web view to that so if you wanted to just blast it out on your social media users wouldn't even have to download the choice app but they could go to the web view and experience mm -hmm. sort of like this talk or virtual online gallery and we've built baked in a lot of recording uh functionality to that so after you know like the talk i did yesterday casey gray could then take that there's an artifact that he could take and direct people to you know or you know i frame it into his website or whatever it is that he wanted to do so we're just just thinking of different tools we're mostly still in the listening phases right now we're just trying to listen to the artists like how do we insert ourselves in ways that we can create tools that would benefit you and really just give you time back so you have more time creating right well you know I don't know if this helps you from a user experience uh, feedback thing, but I actually, I started viewing it from my web browser and mm -hmm. I was like, oh, cool. I can do this. Nice, nice. Uh, and then I realized I couldn't um, comment or do anything else. So I was like, ah, oh, damn, I got to set up an account. So then I picked up my phone and I, uh, I set it up on the app and I kind of had both of them running at the same time. And I was painting <laughs> as I was like, so it was, it actually kind of worked out nicely that way because I could kind of like have it. Yeah. And I'm wondering if people would do that. I, I'm, you know, cause I've heard people say they have club balls running in the background when they, when they work and I've never actually done that, but this time I did it um, listening to Casey talk and it was like kind of experience and um inspirational seeing the work pop up and i'm painting and and looking back and seeing him slide through his stuff and talk and stuff like that so um i don't know if that helps but that that uh was an interesting experience for me nice yeah i love to hear i mean that was part of the idea right like backgrounding was a big thing we wanted to people to be able to background the app and continue painting or work or whatever it is that they're doing but also the nice thing about it is if you have the app open and you're listening to a live talk in one of these channels you can minimize it and still use the app. So when Casey mentioned an artist, he had uploaded a piece of the different artists that he was referencing directly into that channel. But I was able to also minimize it, go to the stack that I was talking about, you know, look for that artist and then go to that artist page and dig in. So it's like you can still utilize the rest of the application while you have that backgrounded, which is also a fun and I think, you know, just contributes to the collaborative nature of the app. Yeah, well, actually, to add to that, I actually was able to jump off of the app and do other things, too. So yeah, yeah. Uh, and it, I, it still worked. <laughs> so, so there's that. Um, yeah. So speaking of so the other thing, you mentioned um, uh, sort of maybe a premium pricing for, for certain special features. Have you figured out monetization for this at this uh, at this point? 
Yeah, I, that's something that we're still continuing to work on. There's nothing really super iron, ironed out. I wish I had a better answer for you, but yeah, it's still kind of, you know, we're still sort of working through it all right now. It's just about how can we make the best product? How can we listen to artists? How can we get them in the app to experience what it is that we're experiencing, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, cool. So um, we mentioned before we started recording, you have uh, a new one-year-old, uh, baby. (laughs) So, uh, you're keeping extremely busy. Uh, do you have time for fun? I, (laughs) I used to No, I, um, (laughs) and it's been, it's been a crazy couple of years, right? I, right at the beginning of the pandemic, I quit my job to start this with Dan. We're working from home. And then it's literally just like everything shut down. You can't go to gal. You can't get outside and do all this stuff. And my wife and I were planning to get married and that kind of got pushed back. And then we ended up finding out she was pregnant. So we ended up getting married, having a baby, starting a new business all within the, you know, within that first initial year, which was insane. And I was still trying to, you know, art is like my therapy too. So like I still paint on the side and try to have small little shows or do murals or take part in projects where I can. So I'm still trying to balance everything out and do that to kind of keep me grounded. So yeah, luckily I was able to still have, um, I did a couple t-shirt um, projects with some print shops down in LA for the Together We Are Stronger, which kind of donated a lot of money back to like the Breonna Taylor and Black Lives Matter movements, which was really nice. fun to connect with users in that. And then Another thing I did was it was called Paint the Void here in San Francisco. It was about 100 or so different artists. When everything got shut down, they boarded everything up, right? So there wouldn't be any looting or anything. And the city was just, it looked like The Walking Dead. It was just covered in all, just like, you know, all crazy boarded up storefronts. So a hundred different artists just kind of went and attacked the city and painted murals on all these boards across the city. Um, And I took part of that and did two murals. And then... Um, they just had a show for it. Uh, I want to say about three weeks ago now at Pier 70, this huge pier in San Francisco. So you walk in, it just looks gorgeous. It's like a hundred different murals kind of hang from the ceiling with all the backstory behind it and kind of documenting the city at that moment in time and what everything was going, going through. I believe they're putting out a coffee table book right now. So I was just psyched to be a part of that project. There are a couple artists that, you know, I really admire and look up to and read about and juxtaposed for years prior to moving to San Francisco that were mm. also in that project. So I'm, I'm trying to find things here and there. It's certainly harder um, with the baby and with working <laughs> on choice, but um, you know, I think it is important to kind of, you know, work on things that are specifically for you. You know, I think that always contributes good to your mental health as well. Yeah. It's just super dope. Uh, the funny thing is I started this art, art pays me thing. Like, ooh. When my youngest was like two, I think, or something. Actually, my oldest was two. So I had like two, basically two, a toddler and a baby in the house. And uh, I feel like I was a maniac at that point, just (laughs) not really sleeping and just doing all kinds of stuff. But yeah, it's, it's weird. Like, it's, I don't know, something about having the kids made me uh it, it brought a certain urgency too it just and it's made me more efficient at using my time too <laughs> so right. well i must I have been know. a great way too with the podcast i didn't realize you're doing it for so many years being able to just hear all the stories of all these creatives coming through and you know almost trying to see what the through line is between everyone that must have been a nice way to connect with people during all that 
Well, actually, no, the podcast is relatively new. So the podcast is about three years old, but okay. I actually, Art Pays Me is actually a clothing brand first. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that's where I, I kind of did it. So I'm like an artist who was mm-hmm. like, I want to do, it, it's kind of reminds me of like Choice Up in, in some ways. It's like, I wanted to do something for artists and I wanted a clothing brand that kind of speaks to and for the artist experience. So it kind of um, went that way. Uh, yeah. So um, is there anything else you wanted to, to cover in the, in the app? Um, I don't, I, I mean, I, I think we kind of went through the main things here, the stack. Um, bah, 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 bah. I think not. I, I don't think so. No, maybe the only other thing I think it was really just where to get it to drive people to the website. But Okay. We'll, we'll, we'll get to that a little later. I just have a, a few more like fun questions I'd like to ask. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, what are you listening to right now? Um, right now, I mean, I love 90s, like golden era hip hop, anything like that Primo produces is my jam. For whatever okay. reason, I don't, I don't know if I'm getting sentimental in my older age. I've been on like a John Prine kick, which is kind of okay. like country folkish. I don't, I don't know <laughs> why, but been listening to a lot of that lately. Okay, okay. And what's your favorite movie? My favorite movie, I would have to say, is probably The Shining. I mean, Nicholson and his prime with Stanley Kubrick. I think it just doesn't get better, you know? Mm-hmm. Nice, nice. And actually, um, you mentioned some of the, like, artists that you look up that you were sort of inspired by. Have you, like, who who was, like, the the coolest of all of, the, all of those people that you've actually met? Oh, that I've actually... Um, Actually, you know who the coolest there's when I, I was in San Francisco, maybe a year and I was walking home. I, got, I lived in the Tenderloin. I was walking by Chandran Gallery and there was this insane show. And there's like some famous like Patricia Arquette was inside there. <laughs> wow. and there a couple of famous people and like artists that I really admire. And I was so nervous to go in. Um, and then outside was Revoke. Um, was oh, Jason, yeah. Jason Revoke. Who I just I love and he, I think, could see how nervous I was. And I was like, started talking, <laughs> struck up a conversation. I'm like, can I, can I just go in there? He's like, oh, yeah. He ended up taking a photo with me, like talking to me about his wife and daughter. He was just amazing. I would say he was probably the most down to earth, chill artist that I've met. Nice, nice, nice. So um, last two things. Uh, what is something you would uh, give as advice to? So you're kind of like in that interesting tech slash art space and uh, you know i love it I, I i think that more artists need to start thinking uh, multi-dimensionally uh, and i think that's the only way we're really going to survive going forward into a sign like really assert what we deserve because the thing is is we dictate culture we dictate a lot of things a lot of things wouldn't move without us right so um is, is there any advice you would give for, for artists coming up um, I think it's just, you know, there's certainly a business side to it that you have to learn. And, you know, I think a lot of creatives, it seems almost like icky to them. And they're like, ah, if I just grind away. And I think that's very important. You got to be passionate about what you're doing and work on your craft. But yeah, any type of, you know, what I found is yeah, embracing tech in certain ways or trying to represent myself online, um, I, I think is very Im- important, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, indeed. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. So how do we get the app 
and how do we get involved and all that yeah, good so, stuff. Yeah. So if you just go to www.choice.app, you can download the app there for iOS or Android. It also has all of our social links. And yeah, you can just download it, browse some artwork, add some different artwork, learn, you know, about upcoming program programming that we have with some of these artists interview. And yeah, just kind of uh, take it for a spin, really. Sweet. All right, John, thanks a lot for uh, jumping on our page me and like sharing some information about choice. It's it's very fascinating. I'll be following along. Thanks so much for having me, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for listening to Art Pays Me. Thank you to Langy Beats for the theme music. You can find more of his music on YouTube. If you got anything out of this, please rate, review, or leave a comment on whatever platform you're listening. You can find out more about Art Pays Me at artpaysme.com or you can hit me up on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and Clubhouse. I'm at Art Pays Me on all of those platforms. With that, we're out. Peace.